Hi, I'm Carrie Hickenlooper with Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 9, A Man Like Sam. Hi there. I'm so excited it's another week to be with you. Whether you're driving in the car or vacuuming or just eating a big bowl of ice cream, I'm glad that we get to do it together. Now, if you remember at the very beginning of the Sister Scriptorian podcasts, I told you that I am a mother of four boys and one girl. And when I was pregnant with my very first baby, I hoped that it would be a boy, and it was. So my boys right now range in age of 13, 10, 9, and 4. And having a little girl, I I have one little girl too, and we need her in our family. (laughs) We need tenderness. (laughs) But having little boys and watching them be able to build their confidence and just watching the natural things that they're interested in and watching them learn how to be leaders, watching them learn how to temper their emotions is so fun. And there is nothing like a little boy, especially my my four-year-old, like that age when they put their arm around you and they like around your neck and it starts out as a hug and then it just gets fierce. And I swear all of my boys have done that where their love just turns fierce. And I think that's just something in them. And I celebrate that and I'm excited about that. It's nothing that I want to squash from them. And as I watch them grow and I review the mistakes that I've made and I try and remember and keep in mind the good things that I'm doing, I'm excited to see the young men that they will grow up to be. And I'm excited to see the choices that they will make. And I hope that they will have a love of the scriptures. And I hope that they will see these men that are in the scriptures and pattern themselves after them. And there's one man in particular that I don't think we pay a lot of attention to or enough attention to. That's a better word. Because we have the teachings of Nephi, which are powerful. And then we have the murmurings of Laman and Lemuel. But we only have the faithful actions of Sam. And I wanted to spend today talking about Sam. Because as I watch my boys... I hope that they will grow up to be men like Sam. In fact, I believe the world needs more Sams in it. Sam was a discerner of spirits. Though we receive spiritual manifestations in our heart and in our mind, they can occur in unique moments for all of us. There are some of us that are prone to receive communication while we are on our knees in prayer like Nephi. And then there are others who receive communication through song, that they feel like they're hearing words during sacrament meeting, but it's when that musical number hits that a whole sermon unfolds for them and they are touched by the Spirit. There's others that being in nature can become a holy opportunity for them between them and the Supreme Creator. There are some that receive communications while reading and pondering their scriptures, And then there are others that can hear truth from other people 
and easily discern if it is from God. And that's the experience that we see in the scriptures with Sam. He may have been able to experience spiritual manifestations in, in many of these categories, but it's this moment with Sam when Nephi is telling Sam of being visited by the Lord and Sam believes. What if Sam, though, hadn't used discernment, but instead was more influenced by all the chaotic feelings that were being created by having to leave his home in order to be able to spare his father's life, uh, being influenced by the murmurings of Laman and Lemuel, and experiencing confusion, maybe frustration, irritation, grief. Without Sam's gift of discernment, the ability to hear truth and believe it could have altered the powers of influence. What I mean by that is, what if he had sided with Laman and Lemuel? Perhaps there would have been more power to the attempts of mutiny during this time. Perhaps it would have made things even more difficult on the prophet Lehi. Perhaps Sam was more of a game changer than we realize, and that his righteous choice carried significant weight in helping this family move forward. In a day where there is an overload of information and many voices, I hope my boys will have the power of discernment to hear truth and cleave to it like Sam did. We all should be seeking after the gift of discernment. It is the ability to understand or know something through the power of the Spirit, to know the source of spiritual manifestations, and to know their meaning. The gift of discernment helps us to be able to correctly perceive the right course of action. And it also gives us the power to perceive the true character of people. Elder Stephen L. Richards said that discernment uncovers for us other people's better natures and the good that's inherent within them. And I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to see the good in other people that maybe they can't even recognize themselves. But when you're operating under the gift of discernment, you can express that to them and lift them with that true knowledge about their natures. So how can we improve our discernment? Well, it's kind of those Sunday school answers. Keeping the commandments, praying, seeking for the best gifts. But President Ezra Taft Benson gives us a unique way of being able to increase discernment in our lives. He says, I have noted within the church a difference in discernment, insight, conviction, and spirit between those who know and love the Book of Mormon and those who do not. So I give you a challenge, Sister Scriptorians, to pay attention as we move through the Book of Mormon, as you're reading and studying it and pondering on the Book of Mormon, to see if your gift of discernment increases during this time. Discernment will help us to know which voices to listen to, and there are so many out there. In a Mormon message by President James E. Faust, titled, Voice of the Spirit, in fact, in the Sister Scriptorian Facebook group, I'll post that sometime this week, that Mormon message. But I have written down what he says, and I wanted to read that to you. He begins, 
How are you possibly going to select what voices you will listen to? You will not be able to travel through life on borrowed light. The voice you must learn to heed is the voice of the Spirit. The Spirit's voice is ever-present, but it is calm. The adversary tries to smother this voice with a multitude of loud, persistent, persuasive, and appealing voices. Murmuring voices that conjure up perceived injustices. Whining voices that abhor challenge and work. Seductive voices that offer sensual enticements. Flattering voices that puff us up with pride. Commercial voices that tempt us to spend money for that which is of no worth and our labor for that which cannot satisfy. In your generation, you will be barraged by multitudes of voices telling you how to live, how to gratify your passions, how to have it all. There will be all sorts of software, satellite receivers, and communications networks that will suffocate you with information. You will be bombarded with evil and wickedness like no other generation. As I contemplate this prospect, I am reminded of T.S. Eliot's words, Where is the wisdom we have lost in knowledge? Where is the knowledge we have lost in information? I have suggested a simple solution for selecting the channel to which you will attune yourselves, listen to, and follow the voice of the Spirit. This is an ancient solution, even eternal, and may not be popular in a society that is always looking for something new. This solution requires patience in a world that demands instant gratification. This solution is quiet, peaceful, and subtle. This solution requires us to walk by faith in a world governed by sight. Learn to ponder the things of the Spirit and to respond to its promptings, to filter out the static generated by Satan. As you become attuned to the Spirit, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. Hearkening to the voice of the living God will give you peace in this world and eternal life in the world to come. These are the greatest of all the gifts of God. This is the voice that Sam heeded when he listened to his brother one day and he heard Nephi's words and he believed. Sam also followed the prophet. His ability to recognize truth enabled him to follow the prophet. When he was commanded to go back to Jerusalem to get the brass plates, he too did go and do. And when difficulty in obtaining the plates arose, and Laman and Lemuel lashed out against Nephi, Sam stood firm with Nephi and also took the beating right beside him. After Lehi's death, Nephi became the spiritual leader of the family. And because of this, contention arose between those who followed the Lord and Laman and Lemuel. And contention became so great that separation became necessary. And despite having already overcome the wilderness that led along the Red Sea, 
traveling the waters to the land of promise, and then establishing some sort of community upon reaching that land, Sam chose to follow the prophet, and yet again, packed up and traveled into the wilderness. And Nephi said, All those who would go with me were those who believed in the warning and the revelation of God. Sam followed the prophet. Challengers of our faith will often criticize and say that we follow blindly a man. But to follow the prophet requires faith and an acceptance that God speaks to men through a man, an individual who is experiencing their own humanity just like we are, one who has experienced ups and downs, disappointments and growth experiences, the one who has exercised forgiveness and has sought after it as well, and who knows intimately the atonement of Jesus Christ, who just like us has received further light and knowledge line upon line, whose steady obedience and diligent seeking after the Lord's will has prepared his heart through various experiences to be the Lord's spokesman. So how remarkable that Sam could be a witness to all of Nephi's humanity, and yet he accepted his younger brother as the prophet. When we follow the prophet, we are not following blindly, but we are exercising hope in the atonement of Jesus Christ, that seeking after him, keeping his commandments, he will edify us and draw us closer to him and receive revelation from him. During the solemn assembly for President Russell M. Nelson, it touched my heart to see my husband stand with all the Area 70s ordained patriarchs, high priests, and elders of the church. To see my son, 13 years old, stand with the Aaronic priesthood or holders around the world and raise their hands to sustain a prophet of God. In fact, just today, my 10-year-old son gave a talk on the impact that the restoration of the gospel has had on his life. And he did that in primary today. And I encouraged him to share his own thoughts and feelings regarding the sustaining of President Russell M. Nelson. It was one of those experiences that I could have just easily written out the talk, but I wanted him to learn how to be able to communicate the feelings that the Spirit brings to him. And it was actually, he actually kind of struggled with it. But finally, the process got completed, and I was able to go watch him in primary give his talk. And he said, It was the greatest moment of my life. It was really cool seeing the Lord at work. Those were his words, his feelings of feeling the Spirit. And we could have missed it. The solemn assembly occurred on a Saturday, and we could have chosen to skip Saturday and catch up on Sunday. Saturdays are a special day of a lot of busyness, or he could have chosen to be distracted. But instead, we all chose to follow the prophet, and my son's heart received a changing. And I have noticed a little special something in his prayers when he asks for Heavenly Father to bless the new prophet. I hope my boys will stay close to the Lord so that they will recognize his chosen prophets. 
that they will follow the prophet because, like Sam, they believe in the warning and revelations of God. And when doubt arises, I hope they'll turn to the prophet's words. And I hope also that they will see the prophet's humanity and how it has been refined over years of repeated obedience to God and accept him as the vessel that God speaks through. Sam was also obedient, and he stood firm. After a second trip back to Jerusalem, this time to bring the family of Ishmael into the wilderness, Laman and Lemuel stirred up the anger of some of Ishmael's children and their families against Nephi and Sam. So even the children of Ishmael knew exactly where Sam stood in following the prophet. In Lehi's dream of partaking of the fruit of the tree of life, Lehi immediately wanted his family to also partake, and with a loud voice he beckoned his family to come and partake of the fruit. Sariah, Sam, and Nephi came and partook of the fruit. And along this way, Sam wasn't confused by the mist of darkness or distracted by the great and spacious building. Instead, he followed the prophet and moved along the path which led to the tree, and he partook of the fruit. Sam was blessed for his testimony in the Lord. Before Lehi's death, Lehi gave each of his sons a father's blessing, if you will. And Lehi blessed Sam and promised him the land as his inheritance, just like he had done for Nephi. Lehi blessed him that Sam's seed should be numbered with Nephi's and that Sam would be like his brother. Sam also received the promise to be blessed in all his days, just like Nephi. And because Sam aligned himself with the revelations of God and followed the prophet and used his agency to be obedient, there was no blessing that he went without. His blessings were the same as Nephi's blessings. Because Sam stood firm. He stood firm in the face of contention, firm in his faith, firm in his testimony of the prophet, firm in the face of opposition and strife, firm when asked to do hard things, firm when he experienced grief, and firm in his love for his Savior Jesus Christ. As in Lehi's dream, temptation and the enticements and the mockings of the great and spacious building did not distract him from the obedient path leading back to God. With one obedient step after another, I hope my boys will progress in strength of testimony and conviction. And when distraction arises, I hope they will continue to stay the course. And when a bump knocks them down, I hope they will know how to get back up and keep moving forward. I hope they will know that they will find those strategies through the gift of discernment, through following the prophet, and by being obedient and standing firm. You see, we may all secretly want our sons to be a Nephi, but there is only one prophet at a time. But there can be many Sams. Good men, believers of truth, followers of the prophet, firm and unmoving priesthood holders of God. I have been blessed to have many Sams in my life. I have been blessed to have Sams 
who were introduced to the church and changed their life in order to be able to align it with the commandments of God. I have been blessed to be able to have a husband who is trying to do the same things that Sam did. The world needs more Sams. My heart hurts for women who have not been able to have the example of Sam-like men in their lives. And it is up to us as sister scriptorians to be able to raise a generation of young men who can have the gift of discernment, follow the prophet, and be obedient and firm. Hundreds of years after Sam's life, when Mormon was summarizing the days of contention between the Nephites and the Lamanites, he described Sam, along with his brothers Nephi, Jacob, and Joseph, as being just and holy men. Yes, I think the world needs more Sams. Sister Scriptorians, this week, I ask you to reach out to the men in your life who are trying to be like Sam was and thank them for that and show them honor and gratitude. Encourage them, lift them, whether it be your husband, son, bishop, home teacher, or neighbor, let them know you appreciate them. Have a good week.